This week on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook, we're going to talk about consecrating ourselves in preparation for the Feast of Weeks. Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you. And if you've been following me for this last couple of weeks, I've been talking about holiness on the podcast, and uh, a lot of things have been coming together. And what I would like to share with you today is a very important message um, that I've been sharing with our local church, and I'm hoping that I can prepare you for something. I, I'm someone who doesn't get out there and... Um, um, I don't tell you every day oh, I've heard from the Lord or anything like that. But when I do, I'm I'm I, I'm willing to do that. And two months ago, on a Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to me. And when He did, He told me to take up a offering to the Lord on June fifth. Now. The understanding of it I had limited understanding. I knew understood about the heap offering. I knew what scripture he was talking about when he said it. He started telling me about piling them up in heaps. And yet what I what I knew was just such a small amount what he was going to begin to reveal with me. And if I could take you through this journey, this might be an extra long one this this week, so hang on with me on that. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to apologize for it. I just have a lot to get out this week. For you, and I don't want to save it for next week, and I don't want to hold it back from you. But one of the ways that the Lord has always worked through me, and I'm not saying He works through you or has to work through you this way, but He's worked through me, is whenever God is calling me closer or calling me to the more in my life, or whatever, He always gives me steps of obedience. And this is something that I feel that a lot of Christians don't understand is that we don't always have all the understanding. We don't have all the steps. We just are taking that next step. Like with Abraham, it was come out from your father's house and to a land that I'm going to show you. We didn't know the answer to that, but he obeyed. And a lot of times what we want to do is we want to have, we don't want to look like a fool. We don't want to look like we don't know what's going on. We don't want to look, we have all these problems and concerns and questions. So we, we hesitate. We we don't say yes. So for me as a, look, I was ordained a prophet in 2002, called to be an apostle in 2000. Uh, well, at that ordination, they called me to be an apostle. And I was not pleased with it. I've told this to people because, number one, I knew this. God was actually saying, hey, I'm glad you're here, but I've got even another level for you to go to. And in that level, um, and I knew this instinctively, that's going to require more uh, on me. Okay, it's going to require more devotion. It's going to require more commitment. I, I said some things this morning and one of our members, bless her heart, she uh, she wrote them down and sent it to me. I'm so thankful for that um, because it means, number one, well, at least someone's listening, uh, you know, but is this, um, every promotion requires a new devotion. This is true. In other words, um, Every time God, let's say, when I went from being uh, born again, 
And now God, and because I, 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 I believe, now I believe this, I believe we should be in the Word and we should be praying and reading and studying all the time. I, I know that's not the case for a lot of people. I, I know that's not something everybody does. And I get that. And I, I don't agree with that. I just get that. God loves them, yes. But when you're faithful with that, when you're faithful at that level, I believe God brings more. And so now God called me to be, a, uh, in April of 93, God spoke to me and said, I call, I'm calling you to be a prophet. That scared me. It was the fear of the Lord hit me because I knew I was not where I could handle that. I didn't, th I didn't think it like as, um, oh yes, it's about time you called me. I'm awesome. It was like, Lord, I don't, I don't believe my character's at a level yet to handle that weight of your glory. And so I began to seek the Lord. I, a new devotion. I began to cry out to the Lord, Lord. More, Lord, do whatever you have to do in me so that when I don't miss you, I don't want to miss you In if you're calling me, like I know you are. By the way, I got 20 words after that about it. It started in 94, 95, but 96, 97, 98, I started getting all these words. And, um, and, and it required another level of devotion. And then when I'm getting ordained, this um, December 31st will be... Uh, 20, 20 years of being an ordained minister. And um, I've been preaching for 32 years next month. But I wasn't ordained. You don't have to be ordained to preach. And um, when I uh, got ordained, they began to talk about apostleships. And the Lord started speaking to me why they were prophesying over me, over my ordination. And I started going... I wasn't happy, but I heard the fear of the Lord was on me, and I realized what he was saying to me. There's another, something else. And then, by the way, I started getting words about being an apostle. Not from me. Other people would say it. And then even after, and then the Lord sent me to Bill Johnson have lay hands on me. And after that, people would stand next to me who didn't know me, who were prophets, and they would look at me and go, oh, you're an apostle. It's not something I advertised. And... You know, I could ignore that. I could just sit there and play the humble game in the sense of going, but I believe it's false humility. And I could go, oh no, I'm just a believer. You know, I could do all that. But there becomes a responsibility to everything that's revealed to you. Um, and 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 every time you're doing that, you're you're seeking God, and you you're gonna go. It's gonna be like stairs. It's not gonna be like straight like ramp. It's gonna be like stairs, and so. You're going up and you get to that level and God lets you, um, um, uh, I don't want to say get comfortable, but get, get to a place of uh, it's not overwhelming anymore, so to speak. And then he calls you and then it requires a new devotion, a new level of commitment, a new desire, a new hunger. Now, I hope that hunger never dies, but it's going to require more from you. See, God doesn't require the same thing from everybody. But those who he has called, he's requiring something. And he's called us all. In other words, we've all been called with a holy calling. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that he has called us to. Number one is holiness, godliness, consecration, um, uh, discipleship. All these things he has called every believer. He hasn't called just some, believable to, some believers. That does not mean that everyone is accepting that call. And so I'm always on this journey 
and I'm really intense, and I apologize for that. If that that's too intense for you, but I'm I am really intense about it. I'm humbled. I know it's not by me. I know I didn't earn anything, but it's not about earning. It's about stewarding and being faithful. So if the Lord has found me faithful, then he's the one who judges me. Let the Lord find you faithful. Let your the Lord, one of the things it says in, to Timothy, to study the word, to show thyself approved. In other words, God's called you, Timothy. Now study like you're that person. Like go after God to that level. So the Lord began to speak to me in March and, oh my God, just opened up so much revelation to me. And this is where I said today at church, and I'm doing this on Sunday, before Memorial Day, I'm going to try to get all my videos done today because I would like to have a day off tomorrow with my wife and kids and, and stuff like that. And, um, uh, and then I want to just separate myself for the Feast of Weeks coming up. And... And, I, and I'll tell you this, like, um, it's intense for me. The spirit is an intense place to me. It's, it's overwhelming sometimes to hear him and, it, and, and to know I have this revelation. And, and I pray that it doesn't, when the Lord has me speak, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. That people are attentive and listening and understanding what's going on. Because not everyone does. That's, that's the truth. Not everyone is intently listening or desiring or hungry for the Lord. And the Lord spoke something else to me this morning. I got up at, woke up at like 5.30 and I believe it was the Lord because nothing woke me up. Just woke up and I started having this thoughts. I was thinking and meditating on the Lord. And I got up and I came, went to my living room and grabbed my Bible I'm, and I just started reading again and I'm studying, I'm underlining and I'm going through stuff and I'm praying. I'm thinking, and the Lord says, you know, I don't speak if there's no one to hear. If you want to hear more from the Lord, then you have to seek the Lord. It's not, it's not a gift. Hearing God's voice is not a gift. Okay? Hearing God's voice is childlike faith. It's not a gift to hear God's voice. My sheep hear my voice. It's just you, but you have to figure out what it means to be his sheep, what it means to be his disciple. You have to figure out what that means, what it requires. Why? Because I could be born again, I could be a child of God, but I might not be focused or intently concerned with the things of God. There's people I know who got born again when they were five and they haven't been in church for 30, 40 years. Seek his face. How do how do I do that, man? I get in the word. I get in the word, and then I and I meditate. And I think I go, Lord, you're so awesome. And so even this morning, I was seeing things in the word and just getting overwhelmed with them. And and uh, I'm reading the Bible all the way through in the New American Standard translation, and haven't read that one before. I mean, I've read it, excerpts of it, and passages from it, but I'm. Um, uh, I'm I'm almost done with Second Chronicles. My goal is to uh, maybe get through Ezra um, by tomorrow, maybe Nehemiah, get into Esther. Who knows? Because those books are so rich. And then I'm on to Job, and and we're gonna be cranking along, you know. And um, I mean, I'm reading like 10, 
15 chapters a day right now. And just, and it's so rich and the kings are so rich to me. Well, when the Lord spoke this to me, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not the guy who likes to prop up an offering. That's just not who I am. And I'm not. I'm like, people should know how to give. That's my attitude. It's like, we should know how to give. This should be, no one should have to tell me to give to the Lord. That's my attitude. Now, I realize that's not everybody's. Everyone's thought process is there. But yours is because you're listening to me. But you know what I mean. Not everyone's at the same level of devotion. It doesn't mean God loves me more than anyone else. It doesn't mean that. Okay, that's not the point. The point is, you know, people often ask me, I've been called. What do I do with it? I know God called me 10 years ago. Well, I didn't know what to do with it. And I get that. I didn't know either. What did I do? Uh, look, I was never acknowledged in the church I went to for 10 years as a prophet. I was never given room to prophesy. But even in there, I grew. Because I sought the Lord with all my heart. Okay? I was faithful what was before me. And in that season, it was ushering. And I was faithful with that. And I'm telling you what, you know what, let me, let me describe to you what faithfulness looks like. Serving, number one, I did. But for me, what, what did that mean? That means I was early. I was never late. And number one, I was early. Church started at 10. By the way, when I was ushering, church started at 10. They told me I had to be there at 9.30. I was there at 7.30. That was me. Um, when I would, you know, when I would travel with Randy and Randy would say, uh, hey, Lou, I'm going to get up at 9 in the morning. Uh, I go, okay. I got up at 7.30. We'd be in two different rooms. Until I'd get up at 7.30, shower, and I'd get my devotion time in because serving Randy met when he got up at 9 o'clock. If he needed anything, I needed to be ready for him to wait upon him. I literally, this was my, I don't make anyone do this for me. This was just by the Spirit. I learned these things in the Spirit. And a lot of people, that, that's demeaning to them. I was so honored. I don't know why it's demeaning to people because I felt so honored that the Lord allowed this to me, allowed this for me. And I know a lot of people, that's devaluing to them. It never changed my value. And Randy went home to be with the Lord last September 16th. And I was, taught, I was sitting there with the Lord this week. And I was just thinking about that. And I said, man, Randy was my go-to guy. He's my spiritual father. I remember Randy said, hey, Lou, we're brothers. I said, Randy, I'm not your brother. I'm your son. And I said, I appreciate that. But you'll always be my spiritual father. And I don't want to diminish that at all. And, and you know, he looked at me and couldn't believe I said that. He wasn't mad. He was joyful. But I was like, <clears throat> yeah, I'm older now. We can have these kind of conversations. But... I still recognized who he was in my life. And, and and I miss him because Randy was Messianic Jewish. And so I could call Randy and go, man, I'm getting this revelation about this. And we would have this beautiful discussions about it. So last week, I think I talked about cons, cons, uh, huh, huh, concentrating, consecrating ourselves. Now, the Feast of Weeks is, you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You have First Fruits, which is the Sunday, which is when Jesus rose from the dead. That's the Feast of First Fruits. And then you have the Feast of Weeks. 
So you have an offering of the first um, grain offerings, and then you have the Feast of Weeks, which is a grain offering. And then you have the wheat, which is in um, uh, um, Yom Kippur, Feast of Booths, and all that. Okay. Or Feast of Tabernacles, I think it's called. All right. So what you have to understand is that God wants to speak to his church. But Randy would always teach me this. The, God will speak to me for somebody else or even for me any time of the year. He will do that constantly because we're in relationship. He'll speak all the time. I can go and prophesy over a bunch of people. However, when it comes to the nation, God speaks in seasons. Okay. I'm not talking about a prophetic word about a person. I'm talking about speaking to a nation. And then I, I, I was thinking about this. This morning just came out. I wasn't planning on preaching on this. But this morning I was. The Spirit of the Lord just started revealing the damage caused in the body of Christ. Not by the prophets. But to the prophets. What I mean by that is when people went out there and trashed the prophets and said they got it wrong. By the way, go watch 2,000 Mules because there is strong evidence the prophets got it right. Okay, I know you don't want to hear that because that's just controversial. It's important you understand that. Now, I remember I had apostles and prophets calling me up from around the world saying, how come none of us saw this? I said, God didn't show us. He didn't show us. Now, we can have speculation of why. But when you see what the prophets how, what the prophets had to go through after the election, and how people were just ready to tear down the prophets, let me explain something to you. That's the voice of God to the nations. And when you tear down the prophet's ministry, and you ridicule it and shame it, and then you want God to speak and get you out of a mess... That's crazy. Don't mess with the prophets. You go, well, they're not Old Testaments. No, no, you're not going to get stoned and all that stuff. We're not doing that. But since when can you talk to prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers with disrespect and not think God will hear you? It's just stunning to me that we think this way. Bill Johnson's an apostle. I get terrified with Bill sometimes. I feel the anointing. I feel the holiness. I feel... Now, I, I feel it on me. But when I feel it on someone else, I, I, I'm in, I'm, the fear of the Lord hits me. And it's not the fear of Bill can do it. Bill's not going to do anything to me. It's feeling it on someone else makes it so real in a way to me that um, Benny Hinn I've been around. and <clears throat> We have to get back to, number one, we have to honor the prophets. And I'm not talking about honoring me. But you really have to understand the role and how the enemy, along with the church, came to destroy the prophets. And, But God wants to speak. And I believe Yom Kippur, a night Yom Kippur, a feast of weeks, God's going to do something in the houses of God around the country. And... I'm trying to prepare the gay church. 
and I talked about consecrating yourselves. Now, let's let's go to the scriptures and number one, um, and I'm going to preach this next Sunday about the heap offering. We're going to take up the heap offering it comes from Second Chronicles 31, and it's uh, the reforms of Hezekiah, and he starts bringing all of um, uh, these commands them to bring in the tithes and the offerings into the house. Okay. Um, now, what I want you to understand is that was the Feast of Weeks. That's when that began. It's in the third month. So the third month begins the Feast of Weeks. Now, I've, I preached on this last week that Exodus was uh, also Exodus chapter 19. They're preparing for the Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Week, Pentecost, is the day that God speaks to the people. And it's so amazing in, in, the, in the rabbinical writings it says this about that day. Number one, Moses goes up several days. He goes up day one, comes down. Goes up day two, comes down. Goes up day three, comes down. That's what's in the rabbinical writings. But the rabbis said this. Number one, Israel was not all of one language. And when God spoke, they said this. All of Israel heard God in their own language. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that because that's Pentecost, right? And it's the third month. Well, Jesus tells them to go wait in Jerusalem, and it's the, it's the Feast of Weeks. That's Pentecost. That was that Sunday that the Holy Spirit was poured out. I want you to I want you to take note of it, okay? I want you to think about it, if you would. Jesus coming out of the water in Mark when he gets baptized in the Spirit. And by the way, he puts them on like a glove. Or it puts them on like clothing. I love, I, I'm loving that in the New American Standard, it actually says, and God, the Spirit of God came upon them like clothing. Because that's actually one of the renditions of what it says in the word filled with the Holy Spirit actually means to be furnished or clothed. That's why Paul said, put on Christ. So all this is, and God's still speaking this way. And, you know, we're, we're, we're not listening like we should. Now, someone's listening. And um, I'm appreciative for Charlie Shemp. By the way, me and Charlie are friends, but we don't hang out. We've never really had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. But I see the Spirit of the Lord on Charlie, and I see what God's doing in his life. And I pray for him and encourage him a lot, because I, I think he's going to be a voice long after I'm gone. All right. Second Chronicles. Um, this is a prophet you probably haven't read much about. Because, you know, it's not Elijah and Elisha. But it's um, uh, the prophet Azariah. Now, Azariah is an anointed prophet of God. And God uses him mightily in here in chapters. Um, uh, well, you see what Asa is. A king that's also a great king in the Bible. And uh, that's uh Second Chronicles 14, 15, and 16. Asa is does, does is this he fears God for 35 years and then he slips up at the end where he's he's fearful and he's and he didn't seek the Lord. He sought his natural remedy for the problem. But The prophet warns, and I preach this, so you can go see Sunday morning's message and 
uh, at the gate, download the Gate Church app. You can find it on there. Or go to our Facebook and YouTube page. You'll find it. You have to understand that the, the Asa is making this couple reforms. He, he becomes king. And it says this in 14.2. And Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord, his God. And he removed the foreign altars in the high place and tore down the memorial stones and cut down the ashram. Now, ashram is, is a symbol of a female deity. And it was throughout the Middle East. And you, you're, you're seeing this trying to, you know, they're trying to call God mother. And you see this coming, coming through. Okay. Um, and so then God gives him a great victory over the, um, Ethiopians and 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 gives them this great victory. They came with a mighty army, but he calls on the Lord as God and and he has this mighty victory. And then Azariah goes out to meet him when he's coming back in from the Bible uh, by, from the battle. And now the spirit of God came on Azariah the son of God, son of Oded, Oded, Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, "Listen to me, Asa." And all Judah and Benjamin, for the Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, you he will let you find him. I just love the way it says that. Not if you seek him, you'll find him. If you seek him, he'll let you find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. You know, if you in Hebrews chapter six, if you deny Christ, um, you deny Christ, he denies you. It's what he says. Jesus said this, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father and before the angels. If you abandon me, I'm going to abandon you. It's not if you're faithless. It's not if you're going through a hard time. It's not, you have to deny him. It's a really scary thing. Don't do it, okay? Please, don't do it. And so he gives him this word. For many days Israel was without a true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. So amazing there. In other words, it wasn't that God didn't exist. The people weren't seeking God, so there was no one raised up because the people weren't seeking it. See, our lack of seeking Him has really, really bad consequences. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord God of Israel, and they saw Him, and He let them find Him. In those times there was no peace for, for him who went out or him who came in, because many disturbances afflicted the inhabitants of the lands. Nation was crushed by nation, and city by city, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. But you be strong and do not lose courage, for there is reward for your work. No, you're making these reforms. There's a reward for it. Now when Asa heard these words in the prophecy with Azariah the son of Oded, the prophet spoke, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all from the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. He restored the altar of the Lord, which was in front of the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who resided with them. For many defected to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord, his God, was with them. And they assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the fifteenth year of Asa's reign. They sacrificed to the Lord on that day 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep from the spoils they had brought. They Listen to this. Now all the people entered into a covenant on this day 
to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. Moreover, they made an oath to the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, trumpets, and with horns. All Judah rejoicing concerning the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and had sought him earnestly, and he let them, be found, he let them find him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. He also removed Makkah, the mother of King Asa, from the position of queen mother, because she had made an abominable image of, the, of an Asherah. And Asa cut down her abominable image, crushed it, and burned it at the brook of the kingdom of Kindred. But the high places were not removed from the Israel. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was blameless all his days. He brought into the house of God the dedicated things of his father, his own dedicated things, silver, gold, and utensils, utensils and there was no more war until the 35th year of Asa's reign, where he does not seek the Lord when an army is coming. And that's where he stumbles at the end. Here's what I want to say to you then. I know that you want promotion in the spirit. You want to fulfill your destiny in the spirit. All these things. I believe something's going to happen this week in the Lord. I believe... Many people are going to get that promotion, that spiritual breakthrough they need. But if you want to suddenly, then you have to prepare for it. And, and this is kind of, um, you know, I love the preaching. I love when people talk about suddenlies. Margaret Burke, who's my assistant leader, has been talking about suddenlies for 18 years. And, and I love suddenlies because I've had many of them. But they always seem to come... Uh, through preparation. In other words, the suddenly isn't something that happens regardless of what you do. The suddenly comes in response to what you do. Okay? And so like when you look at Hezekiah begins to restore temple worship in 2 Chronicles 30, I'm sorry, 29. And he gets the, tells the Levites to uh, to um, uh, consecrate themselves and set themselves and they begin to do sacrifices and 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 all this stuff. It then says in verse 36, And Hezekiah, all the people rejoiced over what God had prepared for the people because the thing came about suddenly. But it came in response to their seeking and devotion. And we need to understand that this is true. Okay? That, in other words... God speaks to you, and he says, Hey, Lewis, I called you to be a prophet. Okay, if I just go back and act like nothing has happened, like the Lord hasn't spoken to me, and then it doesn't come to pass, or it's waiting, it's tearing, and you're going, well, Why is it tearing? Because I did not separate myself to God. That calling, I always tell people, like the voice of the Lord, the dream, the vision, all these things are invitations for you to draw near to God. They're always an invitation. Everything is designed for me to pull me closer to him. The Bible says if I draw nigh, he'll draw nigh to me. If he feels distant, then turn and draw nigh to him. Go back to the last place he spoke to you. Think of Lord. Not, not physically, maybe sometimes physically, but Lord, I remember you spoke to me. I haven't felt you since that. Well, what, did, what was your response? What did you do? 
Or what did you fail to do in that moment? And get back to seeking God. See, God loves you, but he just doesn't promote us because he loves us. He promotes you and, and fulfills your destiny because you seek him. Larry Randolph, I think, is the one who said the bill. said at Bethel, um, God, is, God is required. God says, fulfill your needs, but he doesn't fulfill your promise or your destiny. Something like that. I, I have to go research it again because Bill said it several times. But we have to understand that. That it is our job. Our job. I, I love... I love hearing people's stories about their devotion to God, and 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 it just motivates me more. I've always, by, by the way, I I'm the guy who wants to know the backstory. In other words, I love knowing the backstory of Todd and Bill and Heidi Baker and 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 uh, of the Kings and of the prophets and of Randy. And many times, I would sit there with Randy and we just he'd tell me about his earlier days when he came to Jesus and all that. Because I wanna I, I, I wanna hear the process. I wanna not because I'm gonna judge it, because I'm gonna learn from it. Yeah, there were times where it was great desperation. God always came through. Always came through. So I've asked my church to this Friday and Saturday, because they take two days at the mountain of Exodus. Um, I'm already in that season of, I've been literally consecrating myself for a month and a half. Um, since the Lord spoke to me, it's almost been two months now, um, or it is two months now. I want you to do the same. I want you to begin to separate yourself. Now, what does this mean? Seek the Lord. What does that mean? Prayer, yep, word, get in the word. Get in the word of God. And start talking to him. And he'll hear. Turn your face to him. When fear comes, turn your face to him. When calamity comes, just turn your face to him. When blessing comes, turn your face to him. Just don't let anything take your face away, you know, face away from God. Don't don't let anything pull you away. If you're living a compromised lifestyle, stop. Repent. Ask him to forgive you, who is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Ask him. Stop it. Stop compromising. Stop, stop trying to um, be in the world and in the spirit. Okay? Stop trying to, uh, and you know, I don't want to say make excuses because that's really not a good notions but repent okay repent and don't don't believe this thing that it doesn't matter it does you know why it matters because there's prophets out there and apostles out there and um there's a lot of people out there that you're going to touch if you will separate yourself and come to god um if you read in corinthians second corinthians chapter six and seven this is, what, this is what Paul writes in verse 1 of chapter 7. Now, all, he's got all these great promises. The promises are that God's going to dwell amongst you. And he says this, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one 
We corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. Okay. Paul writes to the letter of Thessalonians. I think it is. Or it might be Timothy. Um, that. I haven't read it in the NASB. I haven't read that in there yet. I'm going to save it for later. So I get surprised when I get in there. You know. Um, but he. Uh, listen to what he says. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some of dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, how can I cleanse myself? God does the spiritual cleansing. You have to separate yourself from the sin. In other words, if you're, if you're having um, unbiblical sex, sex before marriage, sex outside of marriage, or homosexuality stop repent and may the lord grant you repentance he said if anyone cleanses himself from the latter he will be a vessel for honor sanctified and useful for the for the master prepared for every good work flee also useful lust but pursue righteousness faith love peace with those who are called on the on the lord out of a pure heart but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that these that they generate strife. This is it's like you know I, I hear people say that it doesn't matter. Um, and I and I, when people say to me it doesn't matter, I get really nervous because um, it does every everything we do has cause and effect on us so we can't sit there and say um, um it doesn't matter and um it's okay um, um, um we can just do whatever we want because god loves us look i love my kids but my kids can't do whatever they want you understand they can't my kids um, they know that there's certain things that I just don't tolerate now I don't ask my kids to be flawless and perfect but you know they don't bring they don't bring let's just say like they don't bring over um, people they're dating and sleep with them you know, they know that I'm not a fan of this. It's sin. And they know. They don't come in and you know, they don't they don't act absurdly in, in our house. They're older now. And they're kids, obviously we didn't have that problem, but now they're older. And they know there's certain things that mom and dad just don't agree with. And so they respect that. And they honor that. Well, that's the way it is with God. You got to learn to honor him, and I honor him by purity, by seeking him, by my devotion to him. All these things; these are the things that are really pleasing to the Lord. I, I, I posted this a couple weeks ago. If you don't have faith to walk in holiness, how are you going to have faith to walk in power? If you can't believe God that you can walk in holiness. 
How are you going to believe God to heal the sick? He has called you. He has called you and I with a holy calling. He's called us in purity. He's called us in holiness. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Something's coming this week. And it might, it, by the way, the heap offering lasted for four months, all the way to the Feast of uh, Tabernacles. Okay? So it's a long period. That's what the heap offering lasts. And God wants to bless his people. And I know people think it's just money, but it's not. He wants to bless financially, but he also wants to bless you spiritually. He also wants to promote you. He wants to... I went on a journey one year with the Lord that lasted six months through the book of Esther. Well, it wasn't six months. That's wrong. Uh, well, started before the day, but it got intense for about 127 days. <laughs> okay, so that's four, three months. It was really intense for that long. Started in February when I started seeking his face, and it ended in August. And the Lord spoke to me and said, come away. And I went up to Morningstar, got a room, stayed in the room all day, and just sat there and prayed and studied. That's what I did. Not 24-7, you know, you get exhausted. But I mean, that's what I did. And I separated myself, and I just spent my time with the Lord. And then I went through this journey with the Lord that was so glorious of revelation, of hearing his voice. See, my response was yes. I didn't have any understanding of it. Come and, come and spend some time. Well, I got some understanding of that, but why do, why do you want me to go up there? Why do you want me to do this? I didn't ask those questions. And you know what? I love, I love my wife, Kathy. Because when those things happen, Kathy just goes, do what the Lord told you. She goes, okay. <laughs> I love I love that, that I could just tell my wife, I got, I, I got to go do this. Go ahead. She doesn't complain. She doesn't whine. She doesn't stop me. She's like, go ahead. Seek the Lord. I hope this makes sense. I, I'm inviting you to go back to the, the 22nd, the 29th messages and I'll be closing it up on the third on the June 5th. But it's time for us to separate ourselves, church. The church is too filthy with the world. And it's time for us to come out and be separate among them. It's time to come out from among them and separate ourselves into God, and consecrate ourselves, cleanse ourselves from the compromise, cleanse ourselves from the the um, uh, the world. And God's going to move in our land. It's not just going to be awakening. I tell people this. God's going to deal with some things in our land. It's not going to be everyone getting saved either. He's going to remove some people's lampstands. And he's going to remove some people of power and of authority in the world systems. And he's going to remove them. Because that's, that's one of God's righteous judgments when he does that. It's a manifestation of his righteous judgment when he does that. And so, hang on for the ride. It's going to get glorious. It's going to get mighty. It's going to get powerful. And I'm not prophesying anything here. I would do that in a completely different format than on the weekly came out. I would actually just put out a prophetic word. And 
I mean, I've, I get them. I just, the Lord hasn't had me release them. And maybe because he, that's not my avenue. Um, I love you. I'm, I'm not giving you a warning. I'm giving you an invitation. Separate yourself. You, if you got compromise in your life, you know where it is. Just repent. That's as easy as that. Repent and go, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going after the Lord. Let's make a covenant together that we're going to seek the Lord with all of our heart. Encourage each other. Be with each other. And we'll seek Him. Like Asa the king. And let's go after God with all that we have. And see what He can do in our land. Amen? Amen. I love you. I really do. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you right now. For these your people, Lord, I pray. It's a very special time and season for us, Lord. Please give us ears to ear and hearts of understanding what you're doing in this hour. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I love you. You have a great day. It's going to be a great week. And I pray that you get your promotion and breakthrough. God bless. Thank you.